new series today titled, Ready, Set, Go. And the Lord put upon our heart and pressed on our heart that this year, 2020, was the year to go. As a matter of fact, we, we talked about it last week because starting last Sunday, there was a big old go in the lobby. It used to say love, but now it says go. And, and, and I would venture to say about 85% of you raised your hand last week saying, I did not notice the sign. And it's okay. It's, you know, when I was putting the letters of somebody cast by church that day to get something, I looked and I said, hey, do you like the go? And they're like, what go? And I was like, the, like I got big old letters. I'm carrying the letter, you know? And they're like, oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, go, go, go. Because right? you know what happens? We are so on the go. We don't even realize things sometimes. Now, before you go, we need to get ready. I'm going on a trip this week to a pastor's uh, round table, a time for fellowship and be able to receive and renew myself and whatnot. And you know what I started doing this morning? Looking at the weather at the city where I'm flying to. See, I don't want to show up and wear my, and take Miami clothes and it'd be 50 degrees or God forsake it that it'd be 25 and snowing, right? Or I don't want to assume that it's going to be cold and then pack cold stuff and I get there and it's hotter than Miami. So I looked at it in order to prepare myself, to ready myself so that I can have success when I arrive and I get there. And so I looked up the definition of the word ready. Are you ready? Here's the definition of the word ready. In a suitable state for an activity, action or situation, fully prepared, easily available or obtained within reach. I'm going to read it one more time. In a suitable state for an activity, action, or situation, fully prepared, easily available or obtained within reach. See, if I were to go run a marathon... How many of you know I would need to train to get ready? If I don't go exercise and walk on a continual basis and I try to run a marathon, I better know how to dial 911 or have somebody dial it for me because at about mile four or five, I'm going to need it because there was no preparation. And so we, in our walk with God, are called to go, but church, we need to be ready. And what does it mean to be ready? If you're taking notes, I want you to jot down this first point. God can use your circumstances to prepare you or get you ready for your calling. God can use your circumstance to have you ready to fulfill your call. See, I, Moses is a guy that we see this in his life. Moses the first Cuban the first rafter. He was the first rafter. If you didn't know that. <laughs> As I'm going in my mind, like in Spanish service, that joke worked. And I'm like, how do I say it in English? And I'm like, in it already. Moisés fue primer barcero. Sounds better in Spanish. Sorry, you know. You know, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 that they arose someone to power who did not remember Joseph. And so they began to treat the children of Israel hard and use them in slavery, right? And they were beating them and, and, and oppressing them. And the guy in charge said, these people multiply so fast 
that we need to do something because what if we get into a war and they join our enemies and knock us out? So he declared a new decree that every male child born was to be killed. And so he instructed the midwives, the Egyptian midwives, so that, that when an Israelite woman would give birth, if it was a baby, to break its neck and kill the baby. And the Bible says that the midwives feared God, so they would not do it, and then they would tell Pharaoh, man, these, these Israelite women, they ain't like the Egyptians. Like, they say the baby's coming, we get there, they already spit that baby out. They're, they're not like us. And so Moses' mom gets him, sees he's beautiful, and the Bible says she hid him and nursed him for a few months, and then it was, she couldn't anymore, right? She, she couldn't keep him, so the Bible says she made an ark, put asphalt on the bottom of it, made it with pitch, put the baby inside in a cover, and set him in the river. And Pharaoh's daughter went down to the river one day to take a bath, and she sees this ark floating, stuck in the corner, and she sends some of her people, go get that, what is that? And so they go and they open it and they find the baby crying. So she gets the baby and decides, I'm gonna raise this baby. Now this is a little side note. His sister was watching the basket, and when Pharaoh's daughter got the baby, she said, do you want me to get you one of the Israelite moms to nurse the baby? And she said, yes. So she actually went and got Moses' mother, her mother, and she actually got to nurse Moses until he was weaned and then given back to Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised in Pharaoh's house. And this is key because we can look at this in two different ways. We can look and say, man, what a rough moment for Moses to have to be put in a basket in an ark and put into the, into the river. He couldn't grow up with his brothers and sisters. Man, his life was horrible. But here's the thing. God used that training and preparation to use Moses to free the children of Israel because he was the only Israelite who did not have a slave mentality. He was the only Israelite that was raised as a king's son. God used it to make him be ready. See, he was able to go speak to Pharaoh, go and understand the different things because he was raised in that situation. Joseph is another example. Sold by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold over to the Midianites or the Ishmaelites. They sold him off to Potiphar. But in everything, God's hand was upon him. Then he's accused of trying to rape Potiphar's wife. They throw him in a prison, but they forget about him in the prison. They make him in charge of the prison. He interprets some dreams. They forget about him again. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream that nobody can interpret, and they remember Joseph. Joseph comes and is used by God to interpret the dream, is used by God to save not only Egypt, but to save the lineage of the Israelites, his brothers, his family, his father. They were able to be saved because God used those years as a preparation to deliver them out of the famine. If you're taking notes, understand God can use your circumstance to have you ready to fulfill your call. The second point I want you to get down is this. We need to be ready to hear the voice of God. We need to be ready to hear the voice of God. So go to Exodus chapter three, 
Exodus chapter 3, second book of the Bible, third, ver- third chapter, find it pretty easily. Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse number 1, it's here talking about Moses, okay? It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared in a flame, a fire in the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Catch this. Moses is tending the sheep. He is fulfilling his job, his duty, when all of a sudden he sees something that he recognizes this is not normal. So he set aside to go see it. But look at verse number four. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, when God saw that Moses was ready to hear, he called him. He says, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Church, we must be ready to hear God. We must be ready to hear God. God is always speaking to us. Many times we're just on the wrong frequency. I mean, did you, do you understand that it, at this very instant, there are radio station waves transmitting all across this room. As a matter of fact, it's going right through your bodies and my body. It's like, do, 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 do. You know why we don't hear them? Because we don't have a receiver tuned to the frequency. And God is always speaking, but many times we are like a tuner that is not tuned to the frequency. Therefore, we are not ready to hear God. But when you're ready, God will speak to you anywhere and everywhere. This week, we were having breakfast, and we realized that I bought the wrong grapes. Okay? What do I mean? I went to Costco, and I bought grapes. But I didn't realize that I got seeded grapes, and we always buy seedless grapes. So we give the grape to Alexandra, and she's like, and she goes to take something out, and we're like, Alexandra, what are you doing? Like, there's like, there's stuff in it or whatever, and we're like, oh, they got seeds. So then me, I'm like, where do seedless grapes come from? So I started searching. And I felt God just download instantly a whole preaching series out of a grape. And not only did he just download it at that minute, and I'm studying for it. You guys get it in a few months. But everywhere I go, God's speaking to me about the seed. I went for a walk because I got to lose some weight. Everybody say, Pastor, lose some weight. Thank you for being obedient. Everybody tell me to lose some weight. Please, I got to lose some weight. All right. So I go for a walk. And as I'm walking around the lake, I see a palm tree. And this palm tree has a different type of tree growing out of it with roots that have come out all around the palm tree into the ground. 
And again, God talking about the power of that seed. And then I'm driving down the, the, the turnpike. Anybody here drive on the turnpike? God bless the turnpike. So <laughs> about, you know, however many years ago, on 8th Street and the turnpike, they started construction. And they made a mountain of soil. It was probably about a good four to five years ago. I remember it because I remember talking in a preaching out of the, t- the scripture where Jesus says not to worry how the lilies of the field grow without being tended. And at that moment, there was wildflowers growing all throughout that mountain of dirt. But if you pass by there right now, you know what's on that mountain of dirt? A forest. There is trees that are six and seven feet tall growing all off the side of this mountain of dirt. I was actually in the car with Joel. We were driving, right? I think it was, yeah. I'm driving and I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, look at the size of those trees there. Look, the seas, the, and it's like God again, boom, smacking. Why? Because when I ate the grape and bit the seed and said, huh, where does it come from? God said, if you're ready to listen, I'm going to talk. So everywhere I go, now I'm looking, God, talk to me. I mean, I can be driving down the turnpike, God, talk to me. I could be going, doing something around my business, God, talk to me. When you put the disposition to be available and accessible, can you put the definition one more time for me? Look at the definition of being ready. Easily available or obtained within reach. When you remind yourself to be within the reach of God's voice every day, he'll talk to you. We've got to be within reach. I mean, going back to the radio station, I mean, now I know we all air, you know, Bluetooth our phones to the car and stuff like that. But there was a time period when you had to use, listen to radio stations in your car. And if you were going on a trip to Disney or somewhere, you'd be listening to a station and you're jamming and going, and all of a sudden, you got a little far from the frequency, and and you started not being able to hear it, or you you started hearing things go at, come out to, uh, and it's breaking up, right? Those of you listening to it on Spotify, I was literally doing that on purpose, all right? It wasn't breaking up, but things were working fine. We went and had to then tune to a different frequency. Why? Because in a different moment, God might speak to you in a different way. This is why we don't, we don't do religion, church. It's relationship. Religion says you do this every day at this time, at this thing. That's called ritual. Jesus said, don't do rituals. Have a relationship. So God might be talking to you through one frequency today, and as you grow in your walk or change in your relationship with God, he's going to speak in a different frequency. But here's the reality we need to understand. We need to be ready to hear him because he's always speaking. So again, the first point, if you're taking notes, that first point is the fact that God can use your circumstances to make sure you're ready to fulfill your call. And we must be ready to hear the voice of God. If you're taking notes, here's point number three. We need to be light sleepers to the voice of God. You must be a light sleeper to the voice of God. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now, the story of Samuel goes like this. His mom, Hannah, couldn't have any children. Her husband, Elkanah, his other wife would bear him children and she would like tell her, ha ha, he loves you, but you ain't got no kids. 
And so she broke down before God and she went to the temple and she prayed and she said, God, if you give me a son, I will give him to you. Eli, the prophet, saw her praying and comes there and says, lady, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Why are you drinking? Because the Bible says that she was moving her lips without saying anything. So she looked and said, I'm not drunk. I'm crying out from my soul to God. And he's like, oh, okay, keep praying. God's going to hear you. So Samuel's born, and here, this is a whole other preaching. She fulfilled the vow she gave God. Mm. See, she presented Samuel, she nursed Samuel, and after she weaned him off of the nursing, she took him to the temple and left him there to be raised in the house of God. Many of us have heard God and he answered our prayer request and he gives us our Samuel, but we don't fulfill the vow, therefore we lose our Samuel. Doesn't have anything to do with ready, set, go. We're going back to that. But if you make God a promise, fulfill it. Don't ask yourself later, why did I lose it? God, why did you let this happen? If you promised, fulfill it. So, Samuel is growing up in the house of God. Now we're here. I gave you the synopsis. We're in chapter three. Ready? Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Say rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Can I give it to you in layman's terms? God was speaking and no one was listening. Nobody was tuning in. For crying out loud, Eli saw Hannah praying and thought she was drunk in the church at the altar when she was crying out before God. He had forgotten what it was to hear God. So verse number two, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am! So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, Eli said, I did not call you. Go lay down again. And he went and lay down. Verse number six, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you my son. Lay down again. Stop waking me up. That's probably how he said it, if we're honest, right? (laughs) Verse number seven, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the Lord, word of the Lord yet revealed to him. I love that, that instruction right there because it's saying God was talking, no one was listening, and Samuel was starting to tune into the frequency, but he didn't know what station it was. So there, the third time now, verse number eight, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. I mean, the guy had already struck out. It was three times, right? He's like, this guy struck me out. It must be God. He's like, ah, dude, go back to bed. Watch, look at verse number nine. Go lay down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, 
for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. We need to be light sleepers to the voice of God. Let me explain it another way. When you have that blessing of becoming a parent, your ears automatically become in tune with your baby's cry. See, you can be asleep even before the time of baby monitors. Because now it's like you have the baby monitor and it's like you hear the air conditioner turn on. But even before the time of the baby monitors, you could be fast asleep and if the baby moved in their bed and made a little noise, you're like, the baby, the baby. A tree could fall down and go boom, and it wouldn't wake you up. But the baby goes, ah. right? Go. I've been there. Okay, like we'll be watching TV. The girls are asleep, and I'll like pause the TV. And Patty's like, "What is this?" Like, I think I heard Samantha. <laughs> I almost feel like Olaf, Anna, Kristoff, Elsa, Samantha. Okay. Anyways, sorry. Frozen two. I got three daughters. I already watched it. So sorry. It's a... Bring it back in, bring it back in. Anyways, you know how many text messages we got from people from the church? I was like, we watched Frozen 2 and they say Samantha. We thought of her. I was like, yeah, us too. (laughs) Anyways, you become sensitive and a light sleeper to the sound of your child. And Eli forgot what it was to hear the voice of God. And Samuel started hearing it. And even in his sleep, he heard his name being called by his heavenly father. He became a light sleeper to the voice of God, which is why later on when God tells him, go anoint Saul, he anoints Saul. When God says, go to the house of Jesse uh, and anoint the next king, he goes to the house of Jesse and he sees all the kids and he's like, hey, 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 none of these are the ones. God, did I misinterpret? He's like, no, no, they got another one. He's hiding somewhere. Yo, you got another son. Yeah, he's in the field. He knew and he could hear the voice of God. Church, we must be light sleepers to the voice of God. Samuel could hear God, Eli could not. He was ready to hear the voice of God even while Eli the priest was not. So again, point number one, God can use your circumstances to make sure you're ready. Point number two, we've got to be ready to hear God. Point number three, We need to be light sleepers to the voice of God. Go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. You with me this morning? Matthew chapter 25, we're going to start reading in verse number 1. And he says this in Matthew 25, verse number 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. 
Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, no, lest there should be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Church, we need to be ready. And when we're ready, he will call us. When we're ready, he will call us. I mean, in this passage, it's specifically referring to the coming of Christ and those being ready. But it's the same concept. If you're ready, you'll get to walk in. If you're not, you'll miss the boat. There's another whole great thing for us to pull out of there, which is the five wise versions who learned how to say no. You know what's wrong with a lot of Christians and a lot of churches? They say yes to everything. And the fact that they don't know how to say no, they run out of oil to keep their lamp on. It's why God created different local churches with different pastor styles and different people because we're not all called to do the same exact thing or the same exact way. We're all called to win souls for Christ, but we're not all called to do the same ministries. Not everyone's called to have an outreach to the homeless or not everyone is called to have an outreach to the prison or not everyone is called to have an outreach for different things. So if you say yes to everything, before you know it, you ain't got no oil. And you miss out on being called and going. I read in one of my, the books I was reading, I can't remember which one it was right now, but um, it talks about how when churches try to copy other churches and they hear that a church down the street has an amazing bus ministry where they bus people in. It was in the book, The Remnant. And uh, you go out there, it's like, well, that's working for them. Let me go out and buy some buses without knowing that that church is the one trying to sell the buses because it ain't working for them anymore. (laughs) And you end up buying their buses and carrying the problem because you just wanted to do what somebody else did. No, pray for the churches in the corner to be filled with revival, to grow, because here's the truth. If 10%, 10% of Miami decided to go to church today, there's not enough seats within all the churches in our city. So pray for every church to grow. Pray for every pastor to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray for there to be revelation. Pray for there to be outpouring. Pray for there to be revival. Because if they grow, we win. Because we're one kingdom, one body in Christ. So know how to say no so that you can be ready for him to call you. See, if you're ready, he will call you to go. If you're ready, he will call you to go. Church, year 2020, it's the year to go, but we first need to get ready. I mean, think about a race, right? The Bible likens it to a race. And what do they say? If you ever ran track or you ran anything of that, they say, runners, are you ready, right? On your marks. Get in your position, train and be ready for the sound of that gun to go. And in order for you to be able to hear that sound and go, you've got to understand God can use your circumstances to make sure you're ready. 
You gotta understand that you've got to be ready, available, within reach to hear the voice of God. You gotta be a light sleeper where you hear the voice of God even in the midst of all the noise of this world. And you've got to be ready so that when he says, it's time, you may go. So when he says, let's go, you may go. Church, come on, say it with me. Ready, set, go. One more time, everybody. Ready, set, go.